It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the Cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. It is our Illinois reaction episode. Nebraska goes on the road to defeat Illinois 20-7 in a game that Tyler actually attended. Tyler, how what was the atmosphere like? Oh, it was good. I mean, I sat around a lot of Husker fans. Um, I don't know if it seemed like that in the on the TV, but there was a lot of red in the stadium. Uh, Illinois Stadium is nice. You can get a beer really quickly, take a piss quickly. It's a really nice setup because it's so small. Um, and yeah, it was a good time. How many beers? Just imagine, Mem- just imagine Memorial Stadiums like that, and you won't have to worry about it so much, Tyler. Yeah, with your seat back. They they don't have seats backs. They have bleachers. It was just as tight there as it is Memorial Stadium. I don't believe it was tight there. There was nobody there. Well, there was in the Husker section. Hey, how much were beers there? $13. $13? That's cheaper than Colorado, though, right? I, I, yeah, I think so. But yeah. What size were the beers, at least? I mean, they were a good size. I, I, I don't know, 24 ounces? I mean, they were tall boys. Okay. Dang. So, Tanner, I got to ask you something because on TV during the game, there was a, a lot of calls in the beginning that Illinois fans did not like. Is there not replay in that stadium? Uh, they it's similar to Memorial Stadium. They show it once, and that's all they show. Uh, so you really don't get a lot of views at things. Uh, that you know, especially those fourth down conversions or the goal line ones. Like to be to be fair. I they did not have a good angle on that even on TV. Yeah, I, 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 I have I have no clue, I have no clue if that guy got in or not. No clue. I mean, I, I was texting you guys like, what happened? I like because I couldn't tell some of these calls. I was like, because the the view in the stadium they only showed it once and it sucked. And yeah, I, I and I told you I didn't think it would get overturned. And the reason I didn't think it was going to get overturned was only because they never showed an angle that made it look like he got in. You're talking about but the quarterback sneak for Altmaier, where he was any pushed of back. Any of them. Either, either one of those two plays. There was, there was just no evidence that he got over, but I there didn't seem to be a good angle on either one of them. I'm not even sure if they reviewed that the quarterback sneak, though. The second one, I know they did. The fourth, the fourth down one, I know they did. But I, I don't. I, they showed it three or four times, and I'm like, I, I see nothing that can overturn it. I don't know if he was short or not, but there was nothing to overturn it. So Tyler, the Illinois crowd, they filtered out pretty quick, huh? There in the second oh, half, they did. I, I was sitting there thinking, man, because you know, there the, obviously the last drive. We're talking about the game in a minute, but you know, there was a chance for them to come back, and I was like. God, that would be so embarrassing if they came back and there's 18 people left in the stands for Illinois and there's 3,000 Husker fans. Like, <laughs> it'd be the smallest rushing the field of all time. The whole stadium would have rushed it and not even got a quarter of the way filled. <laughs> so, Tyler, with this victory, what were your overall thoughts on the game? You know, it it wasn't pretty. It wasn't the prettiest game ever, but. You know, we went on the road, we won by 13 points, and in the fourth quarter, we had multiple chances to pull up by 20 points. 
obviously shot ourselves in the foot that shit needs to get fixed but a month ago we all sat here you know six weeks ago and all sat here and gave our predictions and not one of us had us winning this game and for us to come out with a win and not really a close win i mean this was a fairly sealed away game most of the second half i mean you gotta feel good about that derek your your overall thoughts uh, I'm going to start off with talking about that fourth quarter that Tyler was talking about. Because uh, I felt like this was a turning point, maybe, hopefully, for this team. Because this was a game that, in recent years, we would have blown away. We would have we'd have had those mistakes and let them drive down the field and tie this thing up or take the lead. We would have ended up losing this game. And so the fact that our defense bowed up and said, nah, not this time, we're not doing that shit no more. Made me feel like maybe this is a good turning point for this team. Like they're going to find ways to win games now. They did get they did get it done there. But come on, Derek, when you're sitting at home watching this game there in the fourth quarter in Illinois, they're making their moves. Didn't this have the feel of all of those oh, past Nebraska games? Where absolutely, it did. All these blown opportunities that it was going to slip by once again. Oh, I, I thought the whole time. Yeah. Until we got down to a minute and a half, and we got the ball back on that. Fourth uh, fourth down stop. Yeah. And we got the ball back. I'm like, okay, this is finally in the bag. And it took me all the way down to a minute and a half to figure, figure out that we had it in the bag because we definitely tried to blow this game offensively. Defensively, I mean, they had that one drive that we end up stopping on that fourth down where they finally marched down the field. But that whole second half, they did not move the ball on us until that drive. Well, this whole game was sloppy. Last week when we did our Illinois preview, you know, the way that I described this game, how I saw this game panning out, it was going to be an ugly, sloppy game. But, damn, I had no idea it would be this as sloppy as what it was. On both sides. Both sides were very sloppy. Uh, Nebraska's defense, man, they earned their paycheck. They, they earned that NIL check for this game, right? They came and they kicked ass. Offense, still lots of work to do. Still lots of work to do. So let's talk about the offense. Uh, we got to start with uh, Henrik Harburg. Uh, started out great, uh, you know, but he kind of filtered out. Derek, what were your thoughts on Harburg in this game? He needs consistency. I, I don't know how he's going to get it. I don't know what he needs to do to find consistency, but he needs to find some consistency. Uh, we talked about, uh, at halftime, I, me and, me and Justin talked on the phone. We didn't get a chance to talk to Tyler since he was in the stadium, but you know, we talked at halftime and one of our complaints about Harburg was pitching the ball. Why does he never pitch the ball? Oh, the option. I'm guessing. Yes. I'm, I am. I'm assuming that the coaches must've said something because second half, he started pitching the ball a lot more, uh, the throwing, Again, he just needs consistency. I don't know how to find consistency with him, but they need to find a way to get some consistency with him. I, I, I think when he throws a ball good, and he throws it really well. But when he throws it bad, it's terrible. I mean, it's it's night and day between his throws. There was a point where we probably should have been picked off three times in a row. So Harburg finished the day 12 for 24 with one interception, 154 yards. At one point during the game, when I rewatched the game, uh, at one point he was 7 of 11 for like 96 yards. And then after that, he goes on to go, what, 5 of 13 to finish yeah, the and game? That, and that's why I say we, we just need to find some consistency with him. Because if he can go that 7 to 11 clip all day long, yeah. I, I'm happy as can be. But we don't get that. We get that for a quarter or two, and then we get the 5 for 13 or whatever it was. Well, and, and, and again, that 5 for 13 was probably a little bit uglier because two of those pass completions were these little shuffle pass forwards to Billy Kemp. Right. So it it, it was uglier than that makes it look. It so I, I got one more question for you, Tyler. So there was a big discrepancy here because the announcers talked about the wind being so bad. And then they'd show the flags, and the flags didn't look like they were blowing that hard. 
So it was the wind. How, how much of a factor was the wind actually in that game? I, it was windy. It was definitely windy in that game, and it was a cool wind. I mean, I've been I at think windier it, I think, games. I think even at one point they were talking about the wind blowing like 11 to 15 miles an hour or something like that. I'm like, well, that's a Nebraska breeze. It's not that bad. I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't – it wasn't overwhelmingly windy. It was I, – I looked multiple times at the flags when I was sitting there thinking like – because it felt breezier than the flags were moving. So I, I, I do think wind was a factor. I, I really okay. do. I think wind was a factor. But th- th- that's not the problem. Guys, th- the bottom line with Harburg is, like, he is – he's got a bye week. You know, he's got a future ahead of him. At this point in time, he is not a threat to throw the ball. Uh, Derek, you say he looks good in spurts. And he can make a good pass here and there. His technique I and his ability, I do not believe, allows him to be consistent. And when you look at the, us trying to put this game away, I was talking to my father-in-law, I was talking to Jordan, uh, my wife, and I was sitting there saying multiple times, like, we need one big pass. we Because they were stuffing the run late in the game. They, they were selling out for the run when we got in the goal line. We didn't have the lanes. We didn't have the flexibility of running that option to the outside. And we needed him to be able to complete a pass. And I think he threw one ball uh, for past the line of scrimmage on the final three drives we had inside the red zone, the coaches obviously didn't have a lot of confidence. And that one ball he threw was an interception. So, I mean, he just, I, he, he just isn't there as a passer. And at some point in time, that's going to cost us a game. So I don't know if this has to do with stamina. After, in the post game, Matt Rule once again talked about Henrik Harburg's stamina uh, and his condi- or he talked about his conditioning. Or lack thereof, right? So this isn't the first time that he's talked about Harburg's conditioning. Even Harburg, he's even alluded to that he's not completely well conditioned when he's running that much. So does he truly have the stamina to play a full game at this level with the way that he's being used and the way that he plays? I mean, because I mean, this this is like another game where he starts off the first half looking good. And then he fades away in the second half. I think it's hard to run the ball the way he runs in particular. 18 carries. A lot of those take contact. I mean, he doesn't shy away from a lot of contact. He takes it and be expected to pass. And this is why a few weeks ago, in spite of him being the better quarterback than Jeff Sims, I think that it's like, yeah, putting Jeff Sims in for a couple series a game for nothing else to give him a running back rest like is probably something the coaches need to look at the second half of the season because you're right. He does play worse as the game lays on. Derek, your thoughts. I mean, it's a, it's a fair point. Uh, I, I agree with Tyler. I think, I think when you're lowering your shoulder and you're hitting these defensive backs left and right, and then you're stiff arming them and you're doing all these things that it's going to wear you down. Uh so yeah, I, I I suppose there probably is some stamina issues. I, yeah. I I don't like the term stamina. I I I think it's just getting beat up. I I, I don't think it's a. I mean, maybe it's stamina, but I think it's a. It's just a like a boxer, game. a boxer going for all twelve rounds. I mean, you know, if, if you get beat up and with all those body blows, you know, you may not last as long. You know, yeah, it, I, it is stamina. Okay. I just I feel like that's a conditioning thing. I mean, I think well, it that, is conditioning. That's what brought us the conversation up because I, I, Matt Rule talked about his conditioning once again. I think if he carried the ball twelve times a game, this wouldn't be a problem. I or less of a problem. I, I don't want to say not a problem. I because I, I think that a little bit of that's an excuse too. I think that he is what he is passing. I don't. I don't. He might get hot. He might get in the zone. Um. You know, he might have some good catches by wide receivers here and there to help. But I think in general, like, I, it, it, the first, I mean, I'll be shocked if he throws 70% completion percentage in a game this year. I, I hope it happens. He, I don't, I don't think. Wasn't he close against uh, Northern Illinois? It was like, I thought he was like 14 for 23. A- anyway, uh, so, yeah, Harburg, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, th- we're headed into a bye week, so next week we'll probably talk a little bit more about the quarterback competition. Uh, Matt Rule will be talking to the media tomorrow, which is a Tuesday. Uh, 
So uh, hopefully next week we'll find out if uh, Jeff Sims will be healthy enough. And maybe it is time to see this two-quarterback system that we've kind of alluded to just a little bit. So I want to move on because uh, we got to talk about wide receivers. Injury happened to Marcus Washington. Uh, Tyler, you were there. What did you see on the sideline? Well, you know, he, he, right after the play, he went to the tent, and his leg was wrapped pretty heavily. Um, he was standing up. He was moving around the sidelines to a degree, heavily limping. Uh, and he eventually did get to the locker room on his own accord. Um, you know, with all that said, I mean, obviously on the field it looked bad. The wrapping didn't look like it was nothing. Um, I guess I take some solace in the fact he was carted off into the locker room. Um, and he wasn't taken there immediately after the play. Uh, so, I mean, I think we're all sitting here crossing our fingers because, I mean, I, he may not be our best wide receiver, but he's right there. I mean, he, him and Kemp are right there sharing those co-number ones, in my opinion, and that room gets dangerously thin without him. Yeah. The way he went down on the second play of the game, Derek, on TV, it looked bad. It was an oh shit moment, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and Tyler, I'll disagree with dangerously thin. It gets dangerously young without him. There's, I mean, some, there's, there's some bodies. There's there's guys there, but, you know, I mean, it's thin. I I, th- I think we have three guys in that, that freshman class that can play eventually. Like, they're going to be good playmakers. But, man, they're just not ready yet. Well, that's why it's but, scary, right? Well, absolutely. Because they're young, and I don't. I mean, Malachi Coleman got his first pass this week, which was awesome. Uh, he was targeted twice, caught one of them. Ty Han caught his first pass. Great catch, too. I mean, I we're relying on guys we was hoping we didn't have to rely on, which isn't helping Harburg in any stretch of imagination either. So let's talk about penalties real quick. Uh, I guess this might go hand in hand with the offensive line. Derek, what about these, all these penalties that we saw in this game? All right. So I'm not going to read too much into it in this game. Apparently this was an issue that Matt rule had talked to people about prior to the game because they had watched some film and were noticing Illinois people talking and jumping a lot causing a lot of false starts, and it, it worked. It worked in this game. Now, Matt Rule was pissed we weren't getting some penalties. for They, they weren't getting some penalties for it, but it was what it was, and we, got, we did get the penalties, and it hurt us. And there were a few dumb penalties, too, not just on the offensive line. There was, well, one of them was on the offensive line. Ben Scott had an absolute atrocious uh, late hit penalty that was uncalled for and stupid. Well, talk about it for the for the listeners that didn't see it. <laughs> well, I'm sure everybody's seen it, didn't they? I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't remember the play exactly. I just remember it was a late hit. It was a it late was, hit was... on a guy that was already down on the ground. Already okay. down on the ground. So it was meaningless. It was one of the dumbest plays you could ever see from an offensive lineman. I mean, then we had another stupid one by Elijah Judy, getting a 15-yard penalty for trying to pull a guy off of, off the pile. And, and to make it even worse, he didn't even budge the guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're going to pull him off, at least get him off. I mean, if you're going to take the 15-yard penalty for it, and that was on the inter, on uh, Quentin Newsom's first interception ever. That was returned all the way down to, like, the 10-yard line or 15-yard line, somewhere in there. And now all of a sudden we're clear back at the 30. Yeah. I mean, when you look at this game, you had 10 penalties. You had one offside, one illegal shift, and five false starts. That's seven procedural penalties. That cannot happen. Um, I don't care what they're saying. I don't care what they're doing. It And, it's, and guys, I'm not one of these guys that will kill an offensive lineman for getting a false start. I'm not one that's going to sit there and say, well, is that happened? Uh, but when you've gotten five in a game, like – this is this is where someone needs to take control of that line and say we are not jumping. Like, and I get that, and I and I, I'll agree with you 
to an extent too, but I'll, but I'll stick up for like what Matt Rule was saying. Like Nebraska can't clap to get somebody's attention without getting a disconcerting penalty. Disconcerting and these guys signals. are doing and, and they and these guys are doing the same shit or even worse because they're actually yelling shit that they're not supposed to be yelling on the defensive line. Like they they should have been penalized for it. Well, but. But at the same time, you're right, Tyler. At some point, you got to say, okay, we're not jumping. We know but, what we're doing. And I would say probably even more frustrating on those false starts is two of them happened with Teddy Prochaska coming in. One of them was Thomas Fedoni. And granted, I don't know what those play calls were, but I'm going to guess they weren't wide out plays. These are plays that are happening with false starts of guys that are probably not the center of attention on these plays. Uh, and they're just... It's lack of focus. Whatever's happening, I again, I I hear well, you, Derek. I think whatever's <laughs> happening, they they need let's, to clean that up. Let's not forget that uh, one of those penalties only lost us like a quarter of a yard, maybe maybe even Six a quarter inches. of an inch. <laughs> well, could have been a safety, but yeah. But I, I don't know if this is on the agenda. But I, I do want to say, so we're talking about offensive line. Was this our best offensive line game of the season? Because I thought this outside of the penalty, outside of the penalties, they blocked well. I thought they blocked well. The pass protection I thought was overall pretty impressive throughout the day. Turner Corcoran, who I mean, I think we have absolutely ragged on on this podcast, and some of that's rightfully so. I mean, I think he had his best game of the season. Uh, I, I overall, I against a defensive line that yes isn't what we all thought, but this was a defensive line that had two preseason All Big Ten guys, and they. Won that battle, in my opinion. So, according to PFF, Harburg was under pressure on eleven of his twenty-seven dropbacks. Yeah, but wasn't he blitzed on like sixteen? Per, like he sixteen, was of his... sixteen times, but he was under pressure on eleven. So, and he got he got sacked once, right? I, I, and I don't remember. I mean, I, you guys, I know had a chance to rewatch the game. I was traveling today, but I just don't remember him being under immense pressure where he was getting drilled after the play i don't know if they do quarterback hits on pff but it just seemed like yeah maybe they got and, there a little bit but i i overall and I when you're really blitz when you're blitzing 16 times you have to expect some pressure like that's gonna happen yeah I, yeah, yeah I mean, so the offensive line they they did play they did play well yeah and i i want i just want to give a little kudos to uh one of the guys i've probably been a little harder or started off being hard on was Ethan Piper? That guy's coming around to be a beast in this in, the, in these last few games. He makes a lot of highlights, a lot of he, highlight he's, reels, right? He's got some pancake blocks that are definitely worthy of watching again. Uh, so I had a host fail here. I was talking about Marcus Washington that injury, and then I meant to go into the uh, the other scare that we had when Anthony Grant went down uh, later in the game. Derek, how much did you pucker when you saw Anthony Grant go down? I, it was a scary thought. Like, oh, man, we can't lose another running back. <laughs> my, my God. I, I mean, Emmett Johnson played okay outside of the fumble. Uh, but he, he's just not ready. He, he's just not. We need, we need that experience back. We, we have to have him. And all of our other experience backs are out. So, yeah. Yeah, I, it, was, it was definitely a scary moment. I thought Josh Fleeks was going to get a little bit more snaps than what he did. He had a carry early on in the game, maybe first series, but there, there was also another injury that kind of scared me too. And when New Ely went out, oh yeah, yeah, and he wasn't he he ended up only missing I think a play or two, but when he went out, I was like, man, that's that's another guy we didn't want to lose because he's he's come on pretty strong for the offensive line too. All right. Before we wrap it up with offense, I do want to talk about something because uh, there was a lot of Husker fans on social media that are really not thrilled with Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator. They don't like his play calling. Some are even calling for his job, want to move on. Uh, Tyler, you're shaking your head here, and I think we're all on alignment, but uh, what are your thoughts on Marcus Satterfield at this point? Guys, guys, we are six games in. We are 500. We have had our best start of a season in recent memory here. 
uh, we're at or above where all of us wanted to be at this point. Does the offense need to get better? Yes, it does. I, this is absurd to be talking about firing him. And, and not that anyone's on the hot seat, but I could think of two or three other guys that I would probably put ahead of him if I'm really going down the list of coaches to fire. And again, none of them are probably even worth talking about because I don't think any of them deserve to be fired. I, I don't have a problem with his play calling. I think he's limited what he can do throwing the ball. And, and for the people that say his play calling is bad, I just want to know what is it about that you don't like? Do you want him to throw it more? Like, I mean, he's running the ball a lot. He's, I mean, he's running the option for fuck's sake. I mean, that should get him a gold star in Nebraska for running an option every now and I mean, <laughs> He's not running the fullback. Is, is, that, is that what it is? I the fullback's know. not? I, I don't know what it is about this play calling that they don't like. He's not airing it out on first down. He's not going out there. I mean, I just, I don't get it. I don't know what they want. They're not liking for what they see. Derek, your thoughts. Well, well, maybe you should ask Matt Rule because he didn't like some of his play calls. In fact, he had to waste some timeouts because of his plays. But I don't know. I don't either, but he didn't like them. So I, I don't know. I, I, I've i never really cared much for Marcus Satterfield. Do I think he should be fired after this year? No. I think this offense has dealt with so many injuries and, and so much attrition. It's been a very difficult year, and I I don't know any other offensive coordinator that is going to come in here and make this offense look like the shining star of this team. No, I mean the problem is there's a lot of problems with this offense. You know, maybe play calling has a little bit to do with it, but the talent across the board on offense, from offensive line to quarterback, running running back, you know, that's. Guys, this is – I know that th- we have some uh, guys highly touted and uh, highly rated in the recruiting rankings, but collectively as an offense, this this offense is probably about as good as just a good group of five team. I mean, that's it. I mean, they're, well, they're not scoring any points. Getting 20 points against uh, – Against Illinois was probably about as much as we were going to get. I mean, if we're we're going to talk a little bit more about some interesting what? stats okay. here, we might as well get into it now, t- uh, Tyler, because you have some red zone stats that you want to drop on us. But I mean, if you cannot score against a uh, as bad of a defense as Illinois is with short fields. I mean that is a bad bad. But that offense. that had nothing. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and that had everything to do with ball security. Yes. And I, I I'm not putting that on the offensive coordinator. That had everything to do with I whether it was Harburg or Emmett Johnson's fault on that handoff. I don't care who you want to blame. That can't happen. It's already happened to us a time or two before. It, it can't happen. Uh. Anthony Grant fumbling a yeah. ball inside the red zone. I, that that shit's got to stop. I, yeah, I, I mean, Tyler, get into your stat. Get, yeah, this offense needs to get better. And, and I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. This offense is not where it is. This is not a sustainable thing for Nebraska in the future. But we're six games in. We're 500. You mentioned the talent. We're not where we want to be. And and talking about this game, I think the most troubling stat or the most interesting is. Nebraska went three for six on red zones, and we w- two of those were field goals we had to settle for, and 0-3 oh and on the final three red zone attempts. And I think if we put one of those in the end zone, we wake up, no one's hogging to fire Mac. Well, maybe not. I'm going to say no one's firing Marcus Satterfield, but I don't think that, that's not a lot of the talk is Satterfield's play calling. It's just we, we need to punch one of those in or get a pass in, and we just couldn't do it. So... Yes, there's a part of that there, but the, I, to me, the most interesting stat of the game was the fact that Nebraska only one touchdown on six red zone attempts. I mean, that is a troubling well, stat for the Huskers. There was also a missed field goal in the red zone. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah there's two turnovers and then a missed field goal. And then the field goal, again, I'm not blaming Tristan on that one. There was a lot of problems with that one. Our scholarship 
Snapper didn't exactly do a great job on that. But yeah, I mean, it's whatever it is, it's, it's a miss. Yeah, and it needs cleaned up. I mean, it, it does. There's no doubt about it. Because this, this is another game. Uh, I know people have bitched about the Louisiana Tech game, and I told everybody that could have easily been a 42-7 to game, but they had called back for penalties. And this game was red zone. I mean, this game could have easily been a 40-7 to game or even 38-7 to game if you just finish out the drives. That's all you got to do. I'd even been happy if you could have just made field goals on those other five attempts at this point. But you can't turn a ball over in the red zone. And you, you just, yeah, it, it's insane. You just can't have that. All right, so let's switch over to defense. Uh, the defense ultimately played a lights-out game, even though that it started very, very rough. We kicked the ball to Illinois. And they have a 14-play drive going 74 yards. Moving the ball quite easily against us. And then they get it inside the one. And our defense made one of the best goal line stands that you've seen in Husker memory. Uh, Recent years, I mean, it was awesome. And, you know, the defense, this was the story of the game here. This is why Nebraska did win the way that they did. Derek, your thoughts on the defense? Oh, the defense was great. Uh, and give the offense just a, a smidge of credit here. I, I, there's another interesting stat I found in this game that we had the ball for 37 minutes to their 22 minutes. 23, almost 23 minutes. Yeah. like That was pretty good. You got to give the offense a little bit of credit for holding on to the ball that long. Because they, I mean, and they had some drives where they marched down the field. Again, you got to be able to finish the drives, but they did a good job of holding on to the ball and eating the clock. Because that's how this team's that's how this team's going to win games this year. We're not going to win it by scoring a ton of points. You need to win it by just holding on to the damn ball and letting the defense do their thing. And the defense just played lights out, especially in the rush game. We only gave up twenty one yards rushing. That's great, great recovery after last week against Michigan. And I, I, I tried to, I tried, I, I said to you guys, I, I still believe that we have a really, really good defense. And I believe our, we have one of the better rush defenses in the country. We were outmanned and outmatched against Michigan, but everybody else we've played, we've shut down the run. We're, we need to figure out how to stop the pass a little bit better, but it's tough when you got teams passing 47 times a game on you. Tyler, your thoughts on defense? Well, I mean, you guys, I mean, the defense was great. I mean, Derek, you're right about the rushing defense, Justin, you too. I mean, I mean, I mean, I can't even begin to name enough guys without leaving people out. But Isaac Gifford, Nick Henrik, and John Bullock, the start, like all three of those guys were all over the field, uh, making tackles, making plays. You're, you're right about the pass defense, but let me just point out, like one of those was a very long touchdown pass that probably missed a holding call that gave up our one touchdown of the game but i mean the pass rush was there i mean it was a good game and i mean kind of flipping the side to illinois i mean this offensive line was something that illinois had pride on and they got their asses kicked brett bioma sounded like he was going to resign for how this set he they couldn't punch it in he he was baffled that they couldn't figure out how to run the ball like i don't know i mean I would love to ask him, like, how, where does this rank on your most frustrating games in your career? Cause he just seemed flabbergasted that he had no success running the ball all day on us. And it, this is this rush defense. I mean, it is the best defense Nebraska's had in over a decade. There's no doubts about it. And it starts with, and there's 12 guys that are making plays every Saturday. And one last thing on the defense is we did this without Luke Reimer and Singleton. And those are two of our better defenders, and especially in the case of Luke Reimer, I think we all expect him to come back. Singleton maybe eventually will come back, but I mean, it's just it's a this defense is loaded. It's deep. It's amazing. Tyler, you I'm know, a- you named off you know Gifford, Bullock, Henrich. Why didn't you bring up Phelan Sanford? He made one hell of a play. Phelan Sanford's been my guy all year, and I, I his forced fumble. I, want, I, I want wanted you to, you to bring it up. 
Well, he I, he again, great game. I mean, he came in to fill in for Singleton, yeah. and we didn't miss a beat. I mean, yeah. we didn't feel like we missed a beat. Um, a, a, another guy who I thought had probably a really good game was Tommy Hill. And Tommy yeah. Hill is another guy that I feel like we have ragged on a little bit on this podcast. He looked really good in pass protection when he had to go up and make a play running and stopping the run. He did it. He's um, definitely coming around. He's yeah. definitely coming around. I, it, I'm, I'm becoming a Tommy Hill fan. I mean, you know, we talked about this briefly. You know, we, I guess, kind of avoided it. But at the end of this season, if you want to give out some contract extensions or pay raises, I think the defensive coaching staff Pick your litter because they they have all earned it. They've turned this into a really formidable defense in the Big Ten. How about well, you? So I want to, I want to talk about a few guys at Tyler. Apparently, I know you guys don't like the big guys, but goddamn, Nash Hutmacher just stuffed that middle of that line all yeah. damn day. And and Ty Robinson possibly played one of his best games that we've seen out of him maybe ever. Definitely out so far this year. I, and those two guys were just unstoppable in this game. They they were in the backfield almost all day long. Jamari Butler, he made a living back. Jamari Butler. Jamari Butler is another one that's really coming around. Princewell came in and played in his limited snaps when it made a sack. I mean, again, I said there's too many guys to mention. I mean, you, know what I you find? could have mentioned at least a few of the big guys, though. Man. You know what I find fascinating is going back to my comment talking about the offense and we have the talent level of just like a good group of five school but when you flip it over to the defense a lot of these guys on defense they, they all come from come from the same cloth right but the defense they're playing like they're all big 10 like there's a lot of guys that you expect to to see on all big 10 honors or honorable mention you can't say that about the offense right now but on defense, I mean, it's like a who's who out there. You it, can make an argument for damn near every position out there. Yeah, it it, it is. It, you're right, Justin. I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see when that time comes around because it's hard to pick out superstars on this defense. And maybe I we mean, can do all, that next week, you know, just like candidates. I, I don't know. It'll be tough for a midseason it, recap. but it, It's tough um, probably at this point. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, and yeah, I mean, it, it's development. I'll, I think these coaches – uh, led by White, has have done a hell of a job of really developing this. They they're playing within the scheme. They're flying around the ball. I, I mean, it might be hyperbolic that this is the best defense that Nebraska's seen in a, over a decade. Uh, it's looking like it right now. I mean, it's it's hard to argue. I mean, it, you have to go uh, back outside, to outside early... outside of outside of one quarter against Colorado and one game whole game against Michigan. And, and again, Michigan, Michigan's a whole different beast. So I'm not even going to damn them for that game. Yeah. Outside of that, that this, this defense has played lights out all year long. You, you don't want to put the cart in front of the horse, but you look at these next games here, and I know we're about to get into that. I mean, it's going to be hard for me to imagine a team scoring 30 points in the next month on us. I mean, I don't know if we'll see another team I, scoring 30 on us this year. I, I don't... I don't know if the next three teams will score thirty points on us. I mean it, it yeah. I mean, I mean, you. I mean, I mean it collectively. Yeah, I mean, you I, put I all their it. points together. I this defense. I, I mean, I'm impressed. I, I I love what this defense is doing. So before, we'll talk about that here in a second, but uh, let's add on to special teams. We already talked about Tristan Ovano. He did have the field goal miss, but we did see an interesting play. Uh, on a kickoff, it was short, got hung up in the wind, and Nebraska recovers the uh, kickoff. It, uh, Matt Rule said it was not planned that way. It just got hung up in the wind. And uh, Taggy, uh, Grant Taggy, he jumped on the ball and had a short field yet again. I mean, Tyler, what did you think of this special team's performance? I mean... It, it's not wow. It, it's you know. Probably, I would rather. I mean, that play worked out great for us. I mean, that, that ball was in the air. I was saying, holy shit, are you kidding me? Um, you, you know, giving him that great field position. He, he got a lucky break there. And I mean, the, the special teams unit is just. It's okay. I mean, it's we, not. We special. scored two touched. We scored two touchdowns in ten seconds at that point. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that was. I mean, there there was two key moments of the game. That that sequence of events right there, and then the the the. Uh, fourth down goal line stand in the first quarter. I mean that 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 was the uh, the game. I I know Justin kind of alluded this a little bit earlier when he was talking about the fans' reactions. 
And uh, we've talked about penalties. But I want to talk about how the ball bounced Nebraska's way. And, and we started getting some calls by the refs. You know, there was at one point, I think in the first half, they had four reviews, I believe it was. And all four went Nebraska's way. Now, that doesn't mean that they were wrong. I mean, they were all the right call. But for them to all go Nebraska's way, it just really made you feel a little bit better, finally. Because it never seems to go our way. Oh, on the, like, uh, the punt there, that there bounced was the off the, the guy's punt, arm? The punt, yeah, there was one of them. The, and then the uh, review for the touchdown on that fourth down play at the very beginning, they reviewed it. And it stood, so it still kind of went our way. Uh, yeah, I mean, just just some of the calls were starting to go our way. The ball was bouncing our way when we talk about the the kickoff there. It's kind of nice to see things going Nebraska's way again. Hey, it was a sloppy Ho- win. Hopefully it can continue. This was a sloppy win, but I will take it every day. It was so much better Friday night because we won. You give me... You give me three or four more wins like this, and I don't give a shit how sloppy they yeah, are. It doesn't matter. It didn't screw up my whole weekend at all. <laughs> uh, it was. I, I felt it was a good win. I felt I mean, it was. There was some sloppy play, but I felt it was a very good win. I, as a matter of fact, I had texted you guys. It wasn't pretty, but it was a big win. And I believe. I believe to this point. To this point, it was a big win. Well, as we move to the games of the week against the spread, you know who's not. Oh. Tyler, do you have something? Oh, I thought we were going to talk briefly about the rest of the season. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. I was, I'm looking at the clock here. But, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the likelihood of winning the next three to become bowl eligible. So we have Northwestern at home, Purdue at home, and then go on the road at Michigan State. So, Derek, for those three games right there, what's the likelihood of winning all three to become bowl eligible? Uh... I think pretty good. I, I'm looking at. I so saw. I was looking at uh, where all these teams rank offensively, and they all rank about where Illinois ranks. I mean, within five or ten spots. So we're not playing any tough offense for the next three weeks. I, so I think this defense can shut these next three teams down. And so as long as they can keep them like that, and our offense don't have to score a bunch of points, I think we have a very good chance of winning these next three games. Tyler, I mean, I mean, mathematically, I'd probably say about a twenty-five percent chance we go three and zero. Um, you know, I think we could. I think two and two out of three is likely. I think three out of three is a lot. I just think our offense is going to struggle enough. I, I couldn't tell you which game we're going to lose. They're, they're they're about all the same. I think Northwestern's a little bit of the easiest game left. They struggled mightily with Howard. Uh, so I mean, yeah, but I, mean, I know I I hate that argument though because. Northwestern does this to everybody. Win or lose, it's always a close game. I, it, right. doesn't ma- it doesn't matter if it's Howard, and it doesn't matter if it's Wisconsin. They you, always play everybody tough. You, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I am not sitting here saying Northwestern's a guarantee. We could easily lose that game and win the next two. I'm just saying, of, of the three games, I think that is the easiest of it the should, next three. It, it should be, yes. yes. And, and but, but, yeah, I mean, I... I, I don't think anyone who's sitting here as a Nebraska fan is saying, I, I just don't agree with the stance that it's a li- the most likely outcome. I mean, that is that is asking a lot without major improvements on this offense. I mean, I, I just think you cannot be completing 50% passes, kind of showing a little bit of sloppiness in the turnovers, and be expected to not lose a game. I don't think we're going to get blown out of a game. I think if we lose a game, tur- it'll be one possession. But I, I'm, I'm hoping that Illinois was a bit of an anomaly again. Because since Harburg's taken over, turnovers has been better. Like it or not, you could say, well, he's had some bad passes that should have been picked off, but they weren't. So turnovers have we, turnovers have been a lot better under Harburg. But have, have we gone a turnover-free game? I mean, we only have one against Michigan. No, we haven't gone turnover-free. But I, I don't need an offense that's going to go turnover-free with this defense. I just need an offense that's not going to turn it over three or four times. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's on the board. I, I think it's on the board. We we win the next three. I, think, I don't think that is the likely outcome. Yeah, I think uh, two out of three is probably where we hit. If I had to guess the game that we, if we were to drop one, 
It'd be a weird game like against Purdue. Just somebody that has the ability to outscore you. I don't see Northwestern and Michigan State truly see, having I, that I, ability to outscore you. I'll disagree. I if if I, I if I see us losing a game, I think it would be Michigan State. On the road? Yeah, I think, on the road. I think on the road you get three in a row. Man, maybe you you, you overlook them because I you know one thinks Michigan State's going to probably go on a winning streak here, and yeah, I, I just think overlook them on the road. We you know we've seen fluke games in the past. I, I just th- that that's to me the most likely place to trip up. Yeah, I mean, look, all three of these games they're winnable, but they're also losable. You know, hundred percent. I mean, oh yeah. If we had another cousin on this podcast, they might even say Northwestern at this point. This that, that would be an interesting poll question now that I think about it. But uh, I just think with all of the issues that this team has on offense, look, the defense, they, I'm not worried about the defense. Defense, they're going to take care of things. But the offense, it's going to allow the ability for teams to have a short field on us. And, uh, I mean, it... it we're not good enough to give up a cheap score. You know, we can't, we can't overcome that. If it was, whether it was a pick six or a scoop six or just a short field, if they get a garbage, if a team gets a garbage touchdown against us, I worry about our offense having the ability to make that up easily. Because they haven't demonstrated that yet. Not against power five teams. But again, I'll, I'll say this. With, with our defense ways... I think that's about the only way either of the, any of these three teams are going to score on us is garbage touchdown. Yeah. Like, and I don't think any of these teams are going to shut us out. So if we're only giving up seven to ten points and all I need is two touchdowns, I think it's I think that's feasible. Yeah, that's <clears throat> kind of gets. I'm not saying we're I'm not saying we're destroying anybody. I'm not saying we're going to win by thirteen or twenty points to any of these teams, but. It would not shock me to see us go 3-0. If any team has the ability to score more than 20 points, I think Purdue is the only one out of those three that has the ability to score more than... I mean, you could say that, and you're probably right, but their offense really is ranked right around the same as Illinois. I mean, they're not highly ranked. So they've had they've had their struggles as well. Tyler, any other thoughts? No, I just I sit here today. We're we're heading into the bye week, halfway through the point. I think it is very likely we go bowling, and I think it is not out of the realm of possibility of us winning the West. And I and I, I mean not likely, but not out of the realm. And I, I tell you what, you know that that is that is a nice place to be. That is a nice place to be to sit here and say, man, I think we're good. I I really do. I, I'm confident in going bowling. And I, 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 I think we could go into November still competing for the West. So that that's it's, awesome. It's, it's very possible. I I tell you, I, I do think we can win these next three games. And then you look at Maryland, who's going to be a very tough game. But you look at their schedule, and they have Penn State the week before us, and they have Michigan the week after us. So the one road game they have is in Lincoln. And Maryland tends to fall apart a little bit in the second half of the season. So if you find a way to win that game and you win, you win four in a row, heading into Wisconsin, I'm not saying we're winning the West, but at least it's fun that we could talk about it, right? Hey, is Loxley the leading candidate to win Big Ten Coach of the Year at this point? Mm, I don't know. Maybe... He could be, but where's Matt Rule in this conversation? I mean, he <laughs> for coach I, of the year. I, I mean, he gets us to seven or eight. Let's let's say he gets us to seven wins, and I mean, who knows? Let's say Loxley goes eight and four because I don't think they're beating Penn State. I mean, I mean, he he gets us seven wins. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that could be. I mean, that could shape up to be one of those games that could decide that. Let's say Nebraska wins uh, the next three. And then Nebraska and Maryland face off. That could be a Matt Rule versus Loxley for Big Ten Coach of the Year. That that might have a little bit of uh, steam behind it there. I mean, I I don't know if Matt Rule get. I mean, but I, so, mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Loxley does either. I I mean, who who knows? Maybe Luke Fickle's a leading candidate. 
Yeah. Or maybe they go with the Franklin or they go with whoever comes out of I mean, they're, Frank, they're yeah. Franklin's got to be a good candidate for. I mean, they're having a phenomenal year. Right? There's a lot of good coaches there. And no, and you can't ever take Ryan Day or Jim Harbaugh out of that conversation. Well, Jim Harbaugh, he's he was suspended. He's he's excluded because he won't coach a full season. True story. So Matt Rule is in the top five. Matt Rule is in the top five for coach of the year. <laughs> I feel confident with that. At right three now. of three, he's in the top five. All right, we'll let you have that one. All right, let's move on to games of the week against the spread, guys. I've done the most remarkable thing you've ever seen. Last week I went zero and five against the spread. This week. I went 0-4-1, meaning that I have not won a game against the spread in two weeks. So this is truly, we joked about this last week as the fade Justin segment. I mean, I'm living to this. I mean, I am, I'm shooting to go 0-5 again next week. I mean. Because Dan's in it, man. Because I don't, I don't want it to, I mean, but I feel like you're in a position that that's your only option. Yeah, so so let's add to this. Uh, 9 and one last two weeks for the season. Five, twenty-two and three is my record against the spread. That is, it's impressive. It it really it's something. is. It's something. Derek, you at one three and one. This is uh, your worst outing of the year. Uh, you are fourteen, thirteen, and three. Tyler, you have back-to-back weeks. You are my, uh, let's see here, Ying, and I'm the Yang, or vice versa. I don't know. We're we're opposites because you at 4-0-1. So you are now tied with uh, Derek, 14-13-3. So this, this is the worst gambling year of my life. And for me to still be kicking your ass just is impressive. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of both of you. You know what? When the uh, the podcast award show comes up, if we're not nominated for this category, you know why. You know who to blame. <laughs> and it is me. <laughs> but uh, let's get on to this uh, slate. Five games here. The first one, which is on Peacock. The worst fucking thing that you've ever seen the Big Ten ever do. Put games on Peacock. I hate it. I, I tell you what, though. I would have when when this schedule was coming out. I I I predicted. I thought the Northwestern game in two weeks. It just seemed like oh that seems like a Peacock game. I, I mean you know we're, it's not though. It's, it's not. not. We escaped it another week, but you know we're getting one. There there's no doubt we will have a game on Peacock. I was hoping that would be the game because I have an Oktoberfest party to go to. <laughs> and I was like that would be my excuse not to watch the game is because it's on Peacock. But uh. Anyway, on Peacock, number three, Ohio State, minus 19.5 at Purdue. Uh, Tyler, you're the hot hand, so you're going first this time. I mean, guys, I think Purdue has really, really showed that they are a better team than they, you know, a lot of people thought. I think Ohio State is obviously in a class of their own. They're, gonna have, they're not going to have a problem winning this game. But, you know, you look at what happens after this Ohio State game, they have Penn State. And I think there's a little bit of possibility of a look ahead. It's on the road against Purdue. I, I think Purdue's going to cover this spread. Purdue. Derek. No way. <clears throat> Ohio State's focused right now. They're tired of being what they feel is underranked. They're trying to come up with some impressive wins. They're trying to get some style points. They're going to put the hammer down. They're going to destroy it, Purdue. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Derek. Uh, I think last week what they did to Maryland, I was really shocked that uh, what they did to Maryland in that fashion. Uh, so I, I have Ohio State also. I think they're trying to make a statement here. They haven't been playing good, but they're picking up steam. Oh, that that offense is, is figuring shit out. They're that quarterback's getting better each week. I think he is. Uh, number eight, Oregon at number seven, Washington, Washington's two and a half point favorites, an exciting game in the pac 12, the dying pac 12 Tyler. 
you know, this is this is my stay away game. I will not bet this. No chance. I went back and forth on this. I I ultimately with the underdog uh, Oregon. I it, it it's going to be a close game. I mean, the Pac-12. I mean, how depressing is it right now that this is their last year and this is easily their best year? Uh, but right now, I just think Oregon is playing a little bit better ball. I mean, they came off a very impressive week victory two weeks ago against Colorado, followed up with a, the exact same score against Stanford, and Stanford's not impressive. I just, I think they're rolling right now. It, Penix is hard to go against, but I'm going to go with Oregon, go with Bo Nix on that victory. What do you mean, how depressing is it? Pac-12 teams don't even want to be in the Pac-12. I mean, why are you feeling sorry for them? That's fair. Uh, Derek. Yeah, I'm with Tyler. You stay away from this game. I, I'm not touching this game. This game could go either way. Uh, ultimately, I did go with Oregon. I can't. I just can't get over what they did to Colorado. Defensively, they completely shut them down. They they have a legit good defense, and their offense is still pretty explosive. So I I, I went I went with Oregon. I'll probably regret it, but hey. You know what? You guys are you guys are solid because I took Washington in this. I'm riding the Penix train. I like how Penix is playing. I like I like this Washington team. You know they did they didn't look great against Arizona last week, but they got the win. Uh, just riding that Penix arm. Or I tell you what, the Oregon's defense has surprised the shit out of me this year. They're good. They're really they're, good. They're they're legit good. I, it is not a typical Pac-12 defense. They're Shocking. All right, we're sticking in the uh, Pac-12 with number 10, USC, at number 21, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's two-and-a-half-point favorites. Tyler. You know, USC is a Caleb Williams injury away from not being a very good team. But as long as Caleb Williams is on the field, I think they're good enough to beat Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame just mightily shit the bed with Louisville. Uh and I, I just think right now, Caleb Williams is the best player in college football. I think he is tracking to win a back-to-back Heisman's. And I think this is a statement game for that Heisman cause with all eyes on Notre Dame and USC this weekend. So I'm going to give USC the edge in this one. Let's see if Derek rolls with his uh, quarterback, Sam Hartman. you goddamn right I am. I knew it. You look, here's the thing. Like I, I know they just came off this loss from Louisville. Notre Dame ain't going to do it again. And USC has no defense whatsoever, which is why I told you guys I didn't think Lincoln Riley's going to last long in the Big Ten because they don't play defense. And there's going to be and, – and Notre Dame's defense is really good. If there's a team that USC is going to face that's going to shut down that offense, it's probably Notre Dame. And it's at Notre Dame. I, I like Notre Dame in this one for sure. Tyler, buddy, booby. I'm I'm riding with USC here also. I think uh, they got a really high-powered offense there, and uh, it seems like all you have to do is just outscore Notre Dame at this point. I I don't trust USC's defense at all. <laughs> Their defense is terrible. Uh, but I think uh, USC will get the edge, getting two and a half points. All right, for the epic collapse of last week, Mario Cristobal's got balled out out of there. Uh, number 25, Miami at number 12, North Carolina. My, uh, North Carolina's three-and-a-half-point favorites. So to add to this, what uh, Mario Cristobal at Miami did last week, they're playing Georgia Tech, all they needed to do was kneel the ball to secure the victory. Instead, Mario Cristobal decides to run it. They fumble it, gives Georgia Tech 51 seconds. They march down the field to steal the victory away from Miami. What an embarrassment that was. That's something that would only happen to Scott Frost. Uh, Tanner. Apparently not. Apparently have a Samara Cristobal, too. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, you know what, what, what connection so, so, do they have? So, Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this. I, I think if you had asked me about this game two weeks ago, I, I would have said Miami. I thought Miami was playing really good football. I, I really was kind of thinking ahead that I was like, man, could could Miami play spoiler to Florida State? I mean, how does this thing play out? I I don't know what this team does. I mean, I, I think that is such a 
kick in the face, kick in the nuts, whatever you want to go with. I, I worry about this team responding, having to go on the road against a good North Carolina team. I I like North Carolina in covering. Derek. All right, well, I guess I'm trying to make ground because I think Miami does respond. I think they're going to be pissed off about this loss. I I It has to be eaten at them, and they're going to take all their frustrations out on North Carolina. And I, I think Miami at least covers a spread, if not wins a game. I have North Carolina in this. North Carolina, they've been impressing me recently here. But if you look at, if you're a Miami football player and you're in that locker room after losing the way that they did, do you have any hostility towards uh, Cristobal and uh, the OC for doing that? I mean, is there something that like pisses people off? They, they lost the game because the coach fucked up, made a terrible decision. They lost the game. You don't get that win back. I mean, is there... Hold on to the fucking ball. I guess. I mean, that, that you fumble... You can say that. I, I mean, I didn't watch that game live by any stretch, but, like, I, I saw that replay a couple times. That was a very... I, was that even a fumble? Like, it... That was a tough so fumble. I've heard, I've heard that he was on the ground, and they still gave it to him. If yeah, it, I mean... But... And then stop him. I mean, you still have all the chance. Just stop. I mean... Yeah, I mean, that, I, I think that is a loss that's going to eat at them. And I think North Carolina's a good enough team to expose that. All right, bringing it to the Big Ten in the final game of the week against the spread. Iowa at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 10-point favorites here. Derek. Yeah, I I, why, I don't know why I'm going for it. I thought Tyler was going for Because you're on my but... left. I read left to right. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. So, I think the spread's too much. I'm not, I'm not convinced that Iowa can win this game, but I don't know if I believe Wisconsin can win by 10. So I'm going with Iowa. Uh, Tanner Mordecai has a 3-3 three to three touchdown to interception ratio. He's not the quarterback I think some people on this podcast thought he would be. Justin! <clears throat> so I, I, I think he could get exposed a little bit against this good Iowa defense. Tanner. I'm with you on the Iowa. I, I think Iowa's defense is good enough to keep in the game. I mean, there you want to talk about quarterback struggles. I mean, as bad as Nebraska's quarterback play is, I mean, somehow Iowa keeps out Iowa in Nebraska in that room because they, they just cannot find a quarterback. But I think their defense is good enough. And, I, and I, it pains me to say this, but Nebraska fans, we got to root for Iowa this weekend because we need Wisconsin to trip up in this game and lose. I don't know if they will, but I do think Iowa covers. You think we need I we think we need Wisconsin to trip up? I think it's easier for us. It is more likely for us to beat Iowa at home than it will be to win on the road at Wisconsin. Well, I think you're hoping you're hoping for a three-way tie out of the West. I think you're hoping for Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin all to be 3 and 3 and whatever the hell those tiebreakers are to play out in our favor. <laughs> I don't know that we want to go play Michigan or Penn State or Ohio State again anyway. I uh I I don't know. I, I I think the only road for Nebraska to make the Big Ten championships to win out. Do you guys ever want to see Nebraska in the Big Ten championship for real? Yes. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Not particularly. <laughs> I just said matter of fact, I just said this. Justin, I just said I don't know that I really want to see Nebraska go play. Yeah, I know. Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State again. I, I know. I mean, Tyler, he's kind of uh, he's itching for that ass whooping. Well, I don't know yeah. why. It doesn't matter who out of the West goes to play in that game. It, they're they're going to get smoked. Yeah, they're getting drug. I don't know. I'm saying there's a chance. A chance what? <laughs> Crazy that things the, happen. That a West team would will win this. <laughs> I just saw a Only team. If it's Nebraska. I, I just saw a team. Up and not kneel the ball and end up losing. I mean, crazy shit happened. I saw TCU beat Michigan last year. I don't think Ryan Day, Harbaugh, or... uh, What is your pick on this game, Justin? I'm taking Wisconsin all the way. I like the way that Wisconsin, the way that they've responded. Like, I'm just going opposite of you guys, truthfully. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> try, try, trying to help us or trying to make up ground? I'm trying to make up ground. 
Need to make up ground. No, I had Wisconsin originally. I'm I'm still I know you guys mocked me for Tanner Mordecai. I still think he's a good quarterback. I think that uh Wisconsin team, I think they're getting better and better each week. Uh that was a big win against at Purdue and uh Ruggers, that was Ruggers is pretty darn decent this year. Ruggers but. is pretty good. Like I said, that that, that pick six though, that ninety nine yard pick six. That that game could have gone the opposite. I think that game could have gone the opposite way if that doesn't happen. That I mean, that's a fourteen yeah. point swing. Sure. Uh, so I mean, but yeah, I'm I'm taking Wisconsin. So, all right, there it is. Uh, if you want to make money, be sure to fade all of my picks. And uh, if you want to break even, just follow Derek and Tyler. Actually, Tyler's been on a tear so. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening, and as always, go Big Red.